a big congratulations to everyone out there as the long wait of the offseason will come to an end this Saturday. That's right, it is game week for your Baylor Bears, your defending Big 12 champion Baylor Bears taking on the Albany Great Danes. I mean, what a great mascot. And on today's episode, we are going game-by-game game predictions with Scotty Swingler, good friend of the podcast. Andrew Miner is going to join us. We're going to talk Big 12 power rankings and a little bit on Albany and then wrap up with a little oh-so or oh-no. So here we go. Please bear with me. going to wrap up here with game by game prediction and you know usually i think last year man we talked about game by game prediction quite a bit um we're gonna be a little bit short short win this time just because man we've talked about a lot and i've really enjoyed the episode wish we could talk for 30 more minutes about the game by game but uh you know sometimes it just doesn't work out like that so we'll go game by game here and uh we'll wrap it up sound good scotty oh yeah all right, game by game prediction, Albany, win. No comment. We don't have to talk about that game. BYU, I'll let you answer first. I think this is the biggest game of the year. Uh, I think if Baylor does not play at 95% its best or better, Baylor loses. Uh, I think it's ironic that BYU comes into that game the week after facing Gary Bohannon in week one. <laughs> Um, I didn't know that. Wow. Yep. Yep. Uh, the altitude, the crowd. Um, I think bears lose due to a few too many mistakes by a young team Ooh. on the road. So I'll right. say 30, 38, 34 Cougs. Oh, wow. Give giving me a score too. Um, Hey, I think, I think we go in and we win this game. I think, All right, let's go. I think the defense shows up big time this game. Maybe the offense struggles a little bit, but I think the defense comes up big this game, wins us this game in BYU. And I hesitate to say it's the most important game, but it is a super, super important game because BYU is very good. Okay, they're very underrated this year, I think. Mm -hmm. uh, it's also a future Big 12 opponent. First time That's going right. to B BYU. By the way, that, that stadium is going to be rocking. If any of you went to the BYU game last year in Waco, at times we're louder than Baylor fans, okay? At times we're louder than yeah. the home crowd. Yeah, and you've heard me talk about like how much I hate Stillwater and Ames. I think Provo is going to become another one of those kind of places I think so. for us. I agree. Yeah. I agree. But hey, I've got us going up there and winning that game, and it's an important game, yes, but also kind of... I want to say kind of not an important game because whether we win or lose, it doesn't ruin our tw chances at win uh, winning the Big 12. So important right. in a sense of like knowing what we have and like if you're a, hey, I think we're going to make the college football playoff, and definitely, yeah, we have to win this game. I don't think that way. So 
yes, important from just like knowing what our team is and like, can we go on the road and, and uh, weather the storm? But also like if we lose, BYU is a good team. So for me, it's, it's the- kind of like, it's kind of like that the other two non-con games are just such scrubs Yeah, that to me, if you win this game, it is an incredibly strong statement to start the season. It puts Baylor off on just a great foot. And if you lose, you're right. It doesn't mess with any of your goals, ultimately. Yeah. Um, but it's not a good look to say you lost your only real Correct. non-conference game, it doesn't right? So. For sure. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, Texas State is a win. Yep. Uh, we've got Iowa State, and we're going to Iowa State. And I think, um, you know, I'm glad we're getting these guys early. I don't really know what to think about Iowa State this year. Um, that's probably the one team where I really, like, could not give you an opinion on, but I think since we get them early in the year, um, we go up and, and we beat Iowa State. I think the first half is going to be scary because it's Ames, but then we will pull away and win in the second half. So I've got 45-31 Bears on that one. Oklahoma State at home. What you got? Second most important game of the season. You got to win this one at home. Got it. Oklahoma Gotta State's going to come in. Oklahoma State game probably has this game circled. I mean, uh, revenge mm-hmm. from the championship game. They are going to be excellent this year. They they are not going to take a big step back. Um, I agree. You have to you have to win because you're at home. Bears win in a thriller by three points. Yeah, I think we win as well. Uh, I have possible loss though next next to this one um, at West Virginia at West Virginia, and man. I'm going to go out and say that we're going to lose this game. I think there's one wow. game on this schedule. Yes. I think there's one game on this schedule that we drop, like a TCU last year, and Morgantown is not kind to us, and I, I've got us losing in Morgantown. I do. No shot. I've got Bears winning. All right, all right. Kansas, Dubs. Dubs all around. Dubs, dubs, but they'll put up over 20 on us. Okay, disagree. Disagree. They're, listen, Kansas is on the up, man. We're going to win by like four. I've got 61-24 is literally the score I wrote. Like, we're going to roll, but they're going to score. I mean, okay, Kansas maybe is they a good get, team. Maybe they get to 20 because our third stringers are in in the fourth quarter. All right, I'll give <laughs> right, you that. That's right. fair. <laughs> all right. Uh, after that, we head out to Lubbock. And face old Joey McGuire, don't. You're, the face you're giving me right now, don't. Like, all right, I got us winning. Don't. So this is, this is the game I was this close to putting an L by. This is the biggest trap game of the year. This is the biggest okay. trap. And, and to me, this game scares that, me. This game scares me so much more than West Virginia because we could come into this game 7-0 and or 6-1. and Joey McGuire is going to get that team ready to play. They're going to be motivated to beat a highly ranked opponent. It's in Lubbock. That's frightening. You know, we haven't played. When's the last time we played in Lubbock? Did we play there two seasons ago, or were we still in Arlington? Oh, my gosh. I don't remember. I think I want to say we played in Lubbock. Well, we lost. It was the COVID year, man. That was too. Did we even play Tech? Yeah. We, well... I, I honestly Gosh, could not tell you. Listen, I, I don't... <laughs> COVID years. I thought we played all conference games during COVID. And we only beat Kansas, right? Okay, or did we also... 
That's right. Yeah. Okay. Regardless, we, have, we haven't played in Lubbock a lot. I'm. I don't like that we're playing in Lubbock. So I'll I'll call it a win. But I'm I'm just gonna tell you I think this is way scarier than West Virginia because they're gonna want to kick our butt. All right, all right. Yeah. I mean the yeah. face you the face you gave the face he Ooh. gave me guys was like I thought Ooh. he was gonna do it and I was gonna be like oh so you gave me crap about choosing losing at West Virginia Eesh. but you chose Tech okay all right good so you got Dubs at at Tech and going to OU I think we win this game as well I think if I'm on the fence of like whether OU is going to win 10 games or like six or seven, I'm on the six or seven because it's not that easy to just come in and win. And yeah, they lost two very good quarterbacks. Well, at least right. one very good quarterback. And, uh, you know, we'll see what happens, but this is why like, like the loss at West Virginia for me is why we do win in OU because we're like, yeah, we're not, we're not going to have that feeling again and we're going to get up to play OU. So yeah, I got to win at OU. Yeah, I've got to win at OU as well. And yeah, everybody assumes Venables is going to be this great coach, but we don't know. Like we just, we don't know. Yeah. And defensive guy, like will their offense still be powerful? I don't know. So yeah, um, yeah I'll take the Bears in Norman. All right, then we're kind of, after two away games, we're coming home, we're playing Kansas State, and this could be one of the biggest games of the big 12 this year i think oklahoma state baylor is one of the biggest games in the big 12 in general and i think this one is as well i think both teams are going to be ranked at this point and i think it's going to be a fantastic game like oh yeah oh this I'm could be game for this, this could game. be game day this could be college game day i agree i'm with you on that um but yeah i think we i think we beat kansas state because we're at home i've got us losing this one okay i can I, see that i I'm uh, not mad at that. But the sentence I wrote here literally says, if it's not, we're going to drop one game we shouldn't. And if it's not tech on the road, it's K State at home. It's K State. Hey, man, I can see it. And I can see it. I can see it. All right, at home, TCU. Bears by 40. Yeah, I, I, I think we will remember last year and oh, we yeah. will want to put the hurt on this team. And I think yep. we do. And I think yep. we beat TCU. Bears by 40. Yep. All right. And then last game of the season here, heading into Austin, likely with a shot at the Big 12 championship game. Hopefully we've already solidified that and this game matters a little bit less, but um, still an important game. But uh, yeah, I think we're going to beat Texas. I think, yeah, we're going to beat Texas. I wrote a a two-sentence synopsis. Here it is. Texas is sitting at five wins and desperately wants to become bowl eligible in Sark's second season. But Baylor needs this win to get into the Big 12 championship game. Jedi Master Dave does what he does and Baylor cruises to a 20-point victory. I love it. I love it. I would not shock me if that happens. I love it. All right, so, hey, we've both got Baylor. You've got Baylor two losses in the Big 12 championship. I've got yes. Baylor one loss into the Big 12 championship. Um, we're not going to forecast what that game might be or whatever, so we're just going to end it there. Oh, oh I Go will. Ahead. Okay. Uh, I, Scotty's going to do it. Only because I wrote it. You ready? Do it. Baylor defeats Kansas State by 17 points in Arlington to avenge the loss in Waco. 
Though they have a strong case for the college football playoff with their only two losses coming against top 15 teams, it's not enough. Baylor finishes number five in the final CFP ranking for the second time in program history, but then heads to the Sugar Bowl against Texas A&M. Please. And NOLA. Now, Please. Now, I don't actually believe Texas A&M will be good enough to reach the Sugar Bowl, but let's just pretend that two SEC schools both managed to reach the CFP and Tamu manages to finish third in the conference, a mirror image of what Ole Miss did last season. What a fun game in NOLA that would be. Oh, man. Bears crush the Aggies with every ounce of disdain, 38-20, defeating a top SEC team for the second time in as many years. That concludes Mm. my game by game. So it is written, and so it shall be. Thanks for letting me do that. And joining us today, friend of the podcast and Baylor fan um, legend, almost, I would say, Andrew Miner. Thanks for joining us. Travis, thanks so much for having me. Legend, very kind. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. I mean, who can forget the we are going to win sign? I mean, that is just like, I feel like that is a staple of Baylor fandom over the last like 10 years or so. So, yeah, man. Definitely a legend in my eyes, for sure. Um, well, hey, I, I appreciate you joining us today. And uh, we got a game this weekend. We got actual Let's Baylor football. I mean, how excited are you? Let's go. I'm, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. I think, uh, you know, we would have preferred a different opponent maybe. But, uh, you know, I, I think we're just happy to – I'm at, at least happy that college football is back and that we're, we're playing. We're live, so – same. I'm I'm sitting here wishing that BYU was this weekend because man, that, that game's gonna be fantastic. Um, but maybe maybe it's a little bit good that we're gonna kind of get our feet wet a little bit, um, get into game mode and uh just kind of get used to the schedule um from the players' perspective and uh kind of let Albany get us ready for a big game in BYU here in a couple weeks. But man, I, I am just pumped up that we've got football in six days, Baylor football in six days. And we actually got a little bit of taste. Uh, People call it week zero, had some college football games this weekend. Nothing um, crazy that jumped off the screen, I think, from there. But there was one game that everyone was talking about that happened um, across the pond, as they would say, in Ireland with with Nebraska Northwestern was was the talk of the town. And um, oh, yeah. Man, I uh, the onside kick decision for Scott Frost um, may have lost him his job. May have lost uh, him his job. Only time will tw- <laughs> will will tell uh, on that one. And I was gonna say, like Nebraska Northwestern, if you're a college football fan, like that that was a great game to yes. kick off Week Zero uh, in college football. I wasn't sure if it was gonna play out that way because. Uh, both teams had terrible years last year, both three and nine. Nebraska is quote unquote the greatest three and nine <laughs> team of college football history uh, because of all the one score games uh, against really quality competition. And they beat Northwestern 56 to seven last year. So I just, Ooh. my dad went to Northwestern. So I, I grew up a big 10 fan growing up and I wasn't sure uh, that, but this is the type of game Northwestern finds a way to win the, the season openers. They beat Stanford a 
few years back in 2015 at home when they were highly ranked and with Christian McCaffrey and uh, they just seemed to get the job done. And that onside kick to your point um, probably shouldn't have done that. I was in Waco. I, I was mobile. I was watching the game on my phone, which spotty connectivity, uh, <laughs> right? So I, I actually missed, I, I saw Nebraska go up 28, 17. It felt like I was like, Oh yeah, Nebraska's really come out and has controlled this game. And then, yep. Uh, you know, I like refreshed the phone and then all of a sudden like Northwestern scored. I was like, wow, that was really quick. They showed no signs of being able to put a quick drive. I didn't know what had happened to lead to that. And of course it was an onside kick, which I went back, watched the replay. It was a, Nebraska would have had the onside kick. The kicker just didn't put the ball, like literally could have put the ball anywhere. And Nebraska (laughs) would have had a great chance to recover it and seal the game. And he kicked it to the only guy in purple. Uh, that was there on the front lines. Uh, so it, it's hard to, to criticize that, but yeah, you, you don't do an onside kick in that situation uh, up, up 11, but on the flip side of the coin, devil's advocate, if, if the kicker puts the ball anywhere else, I feel like more, uh, Nebraska would have yeah. recovered. I mean, I, that is a fair point. Had Nebraska recovered it, they probably win the game. Everyone's talking about how gutsy of a call it was, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, that that's not what happened. And I actually watched the game with a Nebraska fan. And the, um, the evolution of their um, emotions from the first drive where uh, Thompson made a heck of a throw and a great catch uh, to score on their first drive yeah. to the just kind of – downfall of nebraska was uh was i'm going to uh not gonna lie was fun to watch so um yeah it was it was uh but to your point i i think that was a a great way to kick off the season it was an exciting game ups and downs everything that you love out of college football and hey here we are we are rolling into officially week one of the season we've got baylor football and let's talk big 12 now let's Let's get a landscape of kind of what this conference is going to be this year, because I I said it on our last episode that like every year you come in and you say the big 12 is going to be a gauntlet, this and that. And here we are again, it's going to be a gauntlet. I think even more so this year because of all the coaching changes, there's tons of quarterback changes. Um, There's a lot going on, going on in this league this year. And what, what are kind of your thoughts just overall on the big 12 before we hop into uh, these power rankings? Yeah, I think it's going to be a competitive uh, year. It's going to be a a competitive conference. I think Baylor is um, definitely right to be favored to repeat as big 12 champions, but they're going to have to defend their crown. They're going to have some really tough games and their, their road schedule is, is no joke. Mm -hmm. Um, this year, BYU, Tech, Iowa State, uh, Oklahoma, and Texas, and West Virginia on a Thursday where they've never won. So it's going to be really, really tough, I, I think, for Baylor to go in and defend their crown. But I think they have all the pieces together to do it. Um, the, the teams that I like you know, to also get to the Big 12 championship game really like Kansas State um, as, as a dark horse. I think a lot of people are, are in that mindset. But you know, that's one of the games I have circled in red highlighted on, on my schedule. Like that's the game in November at McLean stadium that I think if you're a Baylor fan, of course there's BYU week two. I think that's going to be tremendous. Uh, but then late in the season, I think that the Kansas state game is going to be really pivotal. Uh, Oklahoma state's back. I think Oklahoma's going to be talented and we'll see on, on Texas. I don't think I'm completely sold on, on Texas. Uh, but we'll, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people, um, 
that that think Texas is going to get into a groove. I just I don't I don't think they're there. I think the top four are the Oklahoma's, Baylor, and Kansas State. Yeah, I I think I'm right there with you. Uh, uh, like you said, a lot of people are kind of jumping on that Kansas State bandwagon. I'm I'm on it too. I think the addition of Adrian Martinez at quarterback is going to be fantastic for them. Uh, you know, funny we talked about Nebraska and how from Nebraska. Uh, yep. Yes, from <laughs> Nebraska. So here we are. We're 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 going full circle here on the podcast. But uh, no, I think he's going to do well at Kansas State. They've got. Um, the right pieces on defense, offensive lines, always solid. And then Deuce Vaughn, just a uh, dynamic, dynamic running back here in the Big 12. Yep. Um, him and Bijan are, are, are neck and neck, you know, best running backs in the conference. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, yes, highlighted in red, yellow, green, all of the colors. That game in Waco against Kansas State um, would not be shocked at all, would put money on it that that's going to be for a Big 12 championship. Um, opportunity to, to get in that game. I, I think that's going to be a pivotal game for sure. Um, so let's go, uh, let's, let's do a little uh, big 12 power rankings here, just going into the season and um, see how this, uh, see how we think the conference is going to kind of shake out and let's start from 10 and, and let's go to the top. Does that sound good? That sounds good to me. Okay, cool. So at 10 um, I've got Kansas. Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm just pulling up standings here, just to make sure I'm not missing any teams. But uh, yeah, I, I think Kansas is, well, I clicked Big 10 instead of Big 12. That's on me. <laughs> um, yeah, I think Kansas is probably still 10 um, for sure. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, in, until Kansas can show us that they're not going to be number 10, I will pick them as number 10. I do think they're they're moving in the right direction. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm sticking with Kansas at 10. And moving up to number nine, I think this might shock some some Baylor fans, but I've got Texas Tech um, coming in second to last. I uh, I do have a lot of belief in what uh, Joey McGuire is going to do there out in Lubbock. I just uh, – I think it's going to take a little bit of time. So I've got Tech um, second to last in the conference. Yeah, I think I have TCU second to last in the conference first year after Gary Patterson uh, departs, and I think that's just going to be a step back a little bit. Um, uh, but I'm right there with you. Um, Tech and TCU, I think, are going to have tough, tough years. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on TCU. I've got them at number eight, actually. Um, I think defensively, they were uh, they're, they're missing some pieces defensively. I don't see them making a huge jump. Um, on that side of the ball, um, especially with uh, Dykes coming in an offensive um, minded head coach. Um, but yeah, they, they lose Evans, one of the best running backs in the nation there to Ole Miss. So yeah, I, I think first year head coach also, it, it's going to take them some time to, to get rolling and um, get players in. And so yeah, I've got TCU there at eight. Who do you have at eight? Yeah, it's it's tech for me tech. at eight. Um, I, I did, you know, if you listen to the Bears Illustrated podcast that I co-host with Pernay, I actually had um, uh, Baylor losing to Texas Tech, uh, but that is more so that I think they're going to stumble somewhere along the lines, um, and I think it's going to be on the road as well. But uh, so I have I have Tech at, at eight, and then uh, seven I actually have Iowa State. Uh, so I, I think okay. that's going to be a uh, you know they've just lost so many pieces. I think. They have a good culture, um, you know, up there in Ames, but they just lost so many pieces from, from last year. I think they're going to finish near the bottom. Okay, so you've got Iowa State there at number at, seven. At seven, yep. Yeah, okay, so I've got Iowa State at six, and before Iowa State, though, I've got – it's funny that I'm saying this, but I've got West Virginia. Um, and at like seven. you – 
Yes, at seven. I've got yeah. West Virginia at seven and then Iowa State. Um, quickly on West Virginia, it's funny that you say you think we're going to stumble somewhere on the road, and I yeah. think it's going to be West Virginia. Yeah. Um, I, I just think it is so hard, so hard to go undefeated, and especially just in the Big 12. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there is a game we're going to stumble, likely on the road. Morgantown is just a, a, an awful place for us historically to play. And so, yeah, I've got West Virginia at seven, but I think they're a talented team. they got JT Daniels coming in at quarterback. So, yeah, I, I could definitely see us losing to West Virginia. I picked us to actually lose to West Virginia. So, yeah, West Virginia at seven to be in and then to Iowa State. And my, you know, my thoughts on Iowa State, I don't really know. <laughs> what I'm going to get out of Iowa state this year, because like, yeah. like I agree, the culture is excellent. They got excellent head coach, but they just lost so many pieces. And I just really don't know where to put them because um, Will McDonald on defense might be the big, big 12 defensive player of the year at the end of the year. Um, so anytime you have a good defense, you're going to win some games. Yeah. So yeah, I would state such a, such a just hard, hard for me to pick right now. Yeah. I, so so seven, I said Iowa State. So right, West Virginia, I have a six. I think I have them right above. I think they could, you know, with a good year, finish at at five and a leap above Texas, who I have a at five there. Um, just because I'm not sold on, on you know, Texas at, at all. I, you know, kind of they, you know, show it to me, prove prove themselves uh, yeah. worthy of being in the in the conversation. But going back to West Virginia, you mentioned, you know, we're six days away. We're actually we're actually like full four days four, away yeah, I think from it's four. the backyard brawl re reigniting Thursday night at Pitt and West Virginia. So yeah. it's you'll learn, I think, you know, big 12 fans should, you know, definitely flip on that, that game. I think they'll, you'll learn a lot about West Virginia um, on, on just how good they're, they're going to be and how tough that, you know, not only a uh, road game in Morgantown, which Baylor's never won at, but also a, uh, a Thursday night game. We know, we know how, poorly the the Bears played last time they went to Morgantown on a Thursday night in yeah. 2018 and then 2014 yeah you can't go undefeated there's going to be a trip up somewhere when they only lost one game so that's that's kind of how I stack it uh six West Virginia five Texas yeah I I we're 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 back in sync Andrew I've got Texas at five um <laughs> like you said like prove it to me you've we know <laughs> you have talent we know you have great recruiting classes um you're you're 10 years in a row off season champions. Okay. But like, that doesn't matter. You got to go win some games. Um, show me that you can beat Kansas at home and then maybe I'll give you some credit. Um, so yeah, I, I I've got Texas at five, um, all the talent in the world to go and win the big 12. I, I firmly believe that. I, I think Sark is a fantastic coach. I said last year, um, before the year started, I thought that was a good hire. I, I think he's going to do well there. Um, but we'll see. I, I don't know what their offensive line is going to do this year. That was kind of a weak point for them last year. And yeah, I, I know you've got one of the best receivers in the conference. You've probably got the best running back in the conference. You've got Ewers who um, is green. He, yeah. I, I mean, just the, the next coming apparently of whoever, but um, just a highly touted quarterback, but hasn't shown us anything, but you know, you've got the, uh, skill position pieces for sure. But if you don't have the offensive line, um, things can go badly very quickly. So I think that's a, their Achilles heel. And I, I don't see them 
they can do it, but yeah, I just, I just don't see them. Um, I see a middle of the pack again, for sure. Um, so next though, at number four, I've got, OU. who, who do you have it for? I was just thinking about this in my head. I think I'm going to go Oklahoma state. I think the bedlam uh, series switches this year. And I, I have o- Oklahoma beating Oklahoma state. Um, We'll, we'll see, but I think I think uh, Dylan Gabriel, the transfer that's now at Oklahoma, I think uh, he puts a spark into them, and I think a lot of people are maybe uh, underestimating Oklahoma with all the turmoil, all the uh, you know head coach leaving, the quarterback transferring, um, all the Kendall Cal Twitter comments and battles. Uh, I think a lot of people are <laughs> underestimating Oklahoma, but uh, I don't have Oklahoma in the Big Twelve championship game quite yet, so I have three, three, four. Um, and Oklahoma really should have won Bedlam last year. They really should have won yep. Bedlam. In my opinion, they should have kept Baylor out of the uh, title game. Uh, <laughs> instead, it was just a you know, couple of fluky plays here and there. And uh, you know, thank God they didn't win the conference for the first time in six years. And I don't, I think they're, they're better. I think they're better than people expect them to be. I think um, I don't, I don't see them getting back there, but I do see them finishing over Oklahoma state. Yeah, I, I think I am one of those underestimators um, because I just think losing losing that amount of players, bringing in a, a brand new head coach, uh, a brand new staff, um, it's it's hard to just keep that thing rolling. But if there's one team that can keep it rolling with a brand new head coach, I, I think it's the Oklahoma Sooners. And yeah, like we're pro- I'm probably going to be at the end of the se- season saying shame on you for, you know, doubting OU, but here I am doubting OU. I-, I think it's very possible that they go eight, eight, you know, eight wins, seven wins, but also possible that they could go 10 or 11 wins and end, end up in that championship game. But um, yeah, I-, I do think they take a step back. That is my, that's my guess. And I'm going to stick with it. So I've got OU at yeah. four. Um, and you had, I think this again, Oklahoma State at four, correct? Yeah, yep, yep. And then at three, you had OU. Yes. Okay. So at three, I've got Kansas State. Um, yep. And I, I've kind of got them neck and neck with Oklahoma State at two, Kansas State at three, just because Oklahoma State has so much returning production. Um, yeah. Just just a ton. And um, it's hard for me to uh, – to pick against the returning production versus Kansas state who I'm very high on, but still don't really know what's going to come out of Kansas state, but I've got them at three and then I've got Oklahoma state at two. I just think, man, they, they are, they were one, one game away from that college football playoff one game away and you're an inch away, (laughs) an inch away. Uh, Jerry McVay shout out. Um, an inch away from the college football playoff. Um, so I see, I foresee them and Baylor who I've got it at, at one that back worked. in the big 12 championship game, hopefully for uh, another spot in the college football playoff for, for both teams, hopefully, but you know, we'll see. Um, how's the top of your list shake out there? Yeah, I think, I think you'll learn a lot about, Oklahoma, Kansas State, right at that late September. Just looking at the schedule here, so Oklahoma actually actually play travels to Lincoln, Nebraska for for that game, and then the week after they immediately return to host Kansas State. So 
Um, and then, of course, the wow. press would use the, the Texas transfer quarterback. So we got like a lot of intriguing storylines <laughs> just in that yeah. uh, two-week stretch. Um, but it will be interesting to see, hey, how good is Kansas State? And is Oklahoma, you know, poised to, you know, kind of reap, you know, climb back to the top of the mountain uh, with a potentially good season after those those two weeks. And I think to your point from way earlier in, in this uh, segment, uh, the Scott Frost situation, will, that will determine, you know, yeah. hey, are, do we have to go in a different direction because we got lost at home to Oklahoma or, um, you know, do they turn their season around, you know, type type thing, 5-21 uh, and 21 in one score games since he took Ugh. over. Nebraska just wanted to throw that in there. Oh. Top of the Big 12, I do have Kansas State. I think I think Kansas State, and maybe I'm just buying into the hype of the dark horse, but I like I like the Kansas State and uh, Baylor Big 12 championship match. Uh, I do have Baylor at number one, and then Kansas State at two. Um, but I would not be surprised at all, uh, just based on how things play out as the season progresses. If that November game, McLean Stadium, it's Kansas State and Baylor vying for a, you yeah. know, the winner goes to the Big 12 title game, the loser gets left out. Yeah. Uh, type type situation it could totally be that um for for sure so uh but that's how i have baylor kansas state and then oklahoma on the outside looking in and then oklahoma state kind of just uh you know cr- crumbling a little bit they, they just seem to be one of those teams that just has never been able to get over the hump uh we talked about that that one inch right that one inch <laughs> travis uh they had 13 goal to go plays in last year's big 12 championship games. They averaged 2.76 inches per play against mm. Baylor in those 13 plays goal to goal situations, uh, which is just an incredible testament. And it's because of the defense that Aranda has and coaches. I think they're going to, Baylor's going to repeat. Wait, wait, say that again. 2.65 inches per 2. play. 7. 2.76 inches per play. Oklahoma State averaged in goal to, in 13 <laughs> goal to go situations. Oh uh, man, I I knew we I knew we had stopped them, you know, 13 times, but the 2.76 inches is like I love that stat. That takes that to a whole <laughs> another level of ridiculousness for me. It's an incredible stat. <laughs> it's an incredible stat. Uh, That's awesome. I don't think enough people talk about it and hopefully my math's right on that but that's what i calculated so well we'll trust you we'll trust you because (laughs) 2.76 sounds sounds fantastic um so hey that's that's kind of how we see the big 12 shaking out it's going to be a a fantastic year this year very much looking forward to it and um hey we got some uh some old big 12 i don't know rivals nebraska and ou playing i think that's going to be a, a fun game and then you've got maybe some new rivalries sparking here with baylor versus byu next week so definitely some intriguing off season um off season not off season um non conference games uh, coming up so um texas plays alabama alabama that's a new conference rivalry yes it is yes it is um so Man, lots of lots of fun stuff going on non-conference wise with the Big Twelve, I think, and uh, just just excited to to dig into to get into the season, see how it shakes out. Um, but we've got both got Baylor at least in that Big Twelve championship game, um, and rolling into why we're all here. We're all here to talk Baylor football. It's what we know. It's what we love. And I want to get our floor and our ceiling for this team. Hey. What are the highest heights that this team can reach? But also if the wheels fall off the bus and we roll into a ditch, what, what does that look like? 
why would that happen? And, um, you know, give us, give us the highs and the lows. So let's start with the highs there. What is your ceiling for this Baylor football team in this 2022, 23 season? Yeah, I, I love this. I, I played best case, worst case with my friends all the time. And it's just, the point is to be as realistic as possible. Uh, so best case for Baylor, I think it's repeat as big 12 champions go to, uh, 12 and one and qualify for a playoff spot. I just don't, I just don't see, I, I think I see Baylor tripping up somewhere and all the road games, we talked about it. Uh, it could be at BYU in week two. Um, last time BYU won the national, the college football national championship, they beat Baylor at home in week two. So mm. get into that, what you, what mm. you will. Um, I've talked to a lot of people that think BYU is a, a top 10 team when it's all said and done. And then, uh, but then they're at, you know, they're in Ames, they're at Austin on Black Friday after Thanksgiving, uh, which is kind of weird. They're in Morgantown on Thursday night. They're back in Lubbock um, instead of a neutral game mm -hmm. um, that they usually have. So just a lot of weird um, road tests for, for Baylor that I think they're going to stub their toes somewhere. But that being said, I think we still qualify for a playoff. You know, Blake Shapin does it tremendously well. There's no injuries on the offense or defensive line, and they prove that, you know, they're controlling the, the trenches on both sides and really dominating and overwhelming uh opponents uh worst case if the wheels fall off it's uh, you know the ball doesn't bounce their ways a couple times on on the road Blake Shapin turns the ball over a little bit too much in the air no receiver emerges for for Baylor as the guy right there's a lot of I know there's a lot of unknowns um in that position group and then the defense is just overwhelmed by the loss of a few key playmakers that they had last year um of course, and, and they can't quite get the stops, can't quite get off the field when they need to in the most dire of situations. Uh, even with that said, I, I think they finish Baylor with, a, with an eight and four record. Maybe they lose to BYU. Maybe they drop, you know, maybe Oklahoma, Oklahoma State are, are better than, they, than, than we all thought, right? Um, so they drop to those Oklahoma schools. Texas comes out, you know, wins a, a home game after Thanksgiving type thing. And uh, and they drop to BYU, maybe they finish eight and four. I, I think I see that as the floor uh, for yeah. Baylor. I think any, you know, like an Alamo Bowl appearance, anything under that, would, I think would be classified as a disappointing season. What's, what's your kind of perspective on, um, you know, the highs and lows? Yeah. So with, it, it's interesting that you said um, one loss and still in the college football playoff. I'm, I'm undecided on that. I think it would be hard for Baylor to get into the playoff with one loss and uh, just for the record, my, my ceiling for this team is I really do think this team is good enough to win every single game, win the big 12 and get into the college football playoff. I, I think we are that good when you have one of the best offensive lines and one of the best defensive lines in college football, you're going to win a lot of games and your ceiling is very, very high. And no Baylor has that 100%. We have that. We have the talent at wide receiver and running back, even though it's unproven, we have the talent for those guys to take a big step up and show up. And so I definitely think the ceiling for this team is to go undefeated and to make the college football playoff. Now, I, I the one loss is interesting to me because I think it would come down to when the loss happened. I think yeah. if we lose to BYU, but then run the table, 
I think that's a much higher percent chance of us making the playoff than if we run the table and then maybe lose to Kansas State um, and then win the Big 12. I, I, I don't know. I, I think it really depends on when that loss happens and then maybe yeah. um, how BYU's season ends up. You know, if, if BYU, like you said, ends up being a top 10 team and that's our only loss, then, yeah, I, I could definitely see getting in with one loss. Um, but hey, if, if we trip up and we lose to a West Virginia who ends up being a six and six ball club, you know, barely get, scraping into a bowl game, I think that could hinder our chances in, into that playoff. Um, but it sounds to me like you and I are kind of on the same page as far as like the ceiling of this team is, is making that college football playoff. Yeah, I, I absolutely. Totally agree. They could go definitely undefeated as well. That would be a truly special season. Um, oh. You know, so I, I think that that ceiling is definitely undefeated, maybe one loss. Uh, I think just how we discussed real quick on uh, the one loss situation, how good the Big 12 is supposed to potentially be this year. Um, I, I think, you know, this team might continue to get benefit of the doubt when it comes to selection. It depends who else is out there. Um, and I think a road trip up at, at West Virginia or even like Texas Tech, there's enough just looking at the schedule, there's enough games to recover because you could win in Norman, you could be yep. a, a, a ranked, you know, Kansas State squad, maybe a, a Texas squad to close the year. Um, there, there's enough time to recover is my point versus like, yeah, if they lose at the end of the year, maybe final game or, you know, at home against Kansas State, there might not be enough time to recover and, uh, it would be, be interesting what that looks like. BYU, on the other hand, they not only do they play three big Baylor quarterbacks that took snaps <laughs> the big, in Big 12 championship games this year, but they play, listen to their non-conference schedule, and I, I want to point this out for just one reason. Uh, they play, they host Baylor, they're at Oregon, uh, they're at Notre Dame, they host Arkansas, and, um, and they're at Stanford, which I don't think Stanford is, nobody's expecting them to be quite that good and then they have you know the typical you know mountain west schools boise state utah yeah. state uh, things like that i point that out because a loss to byu could actually be critical and that could be the one loss that keeps baylor out of the playoff if byu for example runs the table or finishes with one loss and it's head-to-head -head. you know they have wins against Notre dame and and baylor and oregon like a pac 12 you know pac 12 big 12 champ and then a, a Notre dame squad uh who plays ohio state this weekend like god like <laughs> how jazzed am i for college football to start again travis <laughs> um so it could it could be really it just could be really interesting because i think that could be the loss that keeps baylor out of um of the playoff potentially again depending on how byu season yeah. goes or they could both make the college football playoff wouldn't that as be a, insane three four you would need, I think, some, you know, some Carthage just for Agreed. the rest of the country, right? Yeah. But, but that's all of that is in play. And of course, it's all in play because nobody's, you know, except Nebraska and Northwestern, no one's, no one's taking that's, snaps yet. So I love that's, it. that's the beauty of the preseason is every, anything can happen. We can talk about anything because it can still happen. No scenario um, is off the table. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so on the flip side of that for me, I think I'm a little bit lower on the um, on the floor than you. I think like really, if the wheels come off, if we don't have, like you said, a wide receiver step up, if we have shape in, turn the ball over just a ton, um, 
And God forbid, if we have some injuries at key positions, I could really see this team going six and six. I really could. And and I'm, you know, BYU, Oklahoma state, OU, Kansas state, Texas. So BYU, OU, Texas, all away, all away games. And then I'm like, the sixth loss would be like one of those random, like we just didn't show up to play West Virginia tech, um, whoever. Um, So I'm thinking, man, if the wheels come off and I don't expect that to happen, I think even if like wide receivers don't really step up, we've got fantastic tight ends and Dabney and Sims that they can make up for that. But I really think if we have some injuries at some key positions um, could end up going six and six. I, I really do. And that's, I don't foresee that happening, but it could, it could. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's really, I was surprised to hear you say that, but uh, I think you laid out a good argument of how, how that could potentially happen. I think you need a lot of turnovers and a lot of injuries and yeah, you know, just start snowballing yeah. type thing. Um, yeah. For, it's, for sure. Well, it, it's hard to believe that would happen with, um, with the culture that Aranda's kind of been able to instill here in just the short time he's been. Um, I think this is a really, um, can't even think of the word, um, resilient. I think this is a really resilient team. And so really hard for me to believe that this team would lose six games, but I do think it's possible. Um, all right. So that's kind of how we see the big 12 shaking out kind of how we see, um, what Baylor season is going to shake out, hopefully on the, uh, on the ceiling of what Andrew and I think, um, And, hey, let's roll right into this weekend. Um, I don't have a lot to say about Albany, um, but here are my four bullet points on the quick scout of the Albany Great Danes. And one of those bullet points was what I just said, their mascot is the Great Danes. So that tells you the extent of my my scouting report on these guys. Um, So their mascot's the Great Danes. They are an FCS team who went two and nine last year. Um, they are an R1 university though. So, haha, there you, there you have it. My quick scout on Albany. As is Baylor. As is Baylor. As is Baylor. Baylor. Um, so, you know, FCS team went two and nine last year. They have a very cool mascot, but like what, what should our expectations be for this game? Or what are your expectations for this game this weekend? Yeah, I, I think the expectations is Baylor just has to go out, start strong, um, and and control control the game right from the get go. Um, they should be able to use backup players early in the third quarter. Uh, they they should get uh, four to five uh, touchdowns ahead. I think pretty pretty quickly. Uh, those should be you know if it's three, so be it. Um, but those should be the expectations. Is that they mount a big lead, they don't fool around, they get there. Um, you know, guys in and out, a lot of playing time for a lot of new folks uh, to get everybody's feet wet, and they stay injury-free before the trip up to uh, BYU. Um, and, you know, I think what I'd like to see is really see the foundation for this Baylor team going for, forward in the season. And when I say foundation, I think I really mean the, the offensive line, the running game, and then the defensive line and, and um, and the rest of the defense to see, okay, like, are you controlling this game like you should, yeah. uh, like, like you are, you know, the number one O and, and D lines in the nation, as some people have said, or, or 
top, you know, top three uh, type type deal? And, and are you really controlling this game? Uh, you know, there shouldn't be any fooling around like there was last year against Texas State. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, shouldn't be turning the ball over. You know, um, we shouldn't have a liberty situation on our hands. Um, you know, but that's the beauty of college football. Anything can happen. But those are my expectations and what I want to see from from Baylor this Saturday. Yeah, I don't really have much to add to that. Um, we should expect to win and we should expect to play a lot of guys. And I kind of I kind of look at this as a, a glorified scrimmage. Um, you know, I don't think we're going to see anyone like solidify their starting position. That that's those positions that are up in the air at the moment. Um, yeah, I, 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 I don't think we're going to like I expect us to dominate. But I also don't think we're going to like learn any sweeping declarations about what this team is, because like you said, think about Texas State last year and how awful our run defense was and how worried I was after that game thinking like, wow, everyone's going to run all over us and we're in trouble. And our, our, our season went the exact opposite way of that. We were one of the best run defenses in the nation. So I, we should expect to win. And we should expect to play hard. Um, and also, like, we don't need to overreact to whatever happens in this game because it is going to be, to me, just kind of like a, uh, a glorified scrimmage. And I am going to uh, take a break here because apparently I don't have the upgraded Zoom and my recording is going to end in literally like a minute and a half. So Andrew and I are going to hop off this and we're going to get another Zoom real quick and we will resume this. All right, and we are back. We're officially in a new Zoom. So, um, hey, I don't have the dough to be uh, to be uh, upgrading my Zoom, man. I I've, that's never happened to me before. I thought we had longer than forty minutes, but oh well. Let's uh, let's hop back into this. I think we just finished talking about um, expectations for the game. But what are you most excited to see this game? And actually, I want to start because I'm super excited to see Blake Shapin under center. And I'm super excited to see what kind of chemistry he already has with the wide receivers and um, how that chemistry is going to grow in this game. That that's what I'm most excited to see. Yeah. I think that's, that's more than fair. Uh, we, you know, we, we saw Blake come in uh, when Gary Bohannon went down with a hamstring uh, pull against Kansas state. And then, uh, you know, he played, he played, decently well I'd say against Texas Tech and then of course the, the big 12 title game um you know where where really only played a half and, and then yeah. and then he was injured. Yeah. Uh so you know we're 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 going for undefeated expectations <laughs> off basically a half of football, a game and a half of football if you include Texas Tech and that was that was after Thanksgiving. I don't really really include that game. So I just I just say a half of football we're we're basing these expectations on. So yeah I but I, I think more importantly, I'm, I'm interested to see the offensive line, how we control the ground game um, and the new running backs uh, that, that are going to be placing, uh, replacing Abram Smith, the Baylor single season all-time rushing leader. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, that to me, you know, that, that's, what I, that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Yeah, that's, uh, that's number two for me as well. I think, man, I'm just really excited to see um, what we've got in the running back room, really excited to, to see Squirrel Williams back out there getting carries. 
um, just so electric from the running back position. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm just excited well, to see. Go ahead. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully Squirrel's good to go. He, I know he uh, suffered a uh, ankle tweak that they had to do some x-rays on, but I, I know Aranda said that he should be good to go for the opener. Mm. Um, but mm. that's something to just keep an eye out. I did, I did see that in some reports. Mm. Okay, well, that's not good. That's not great. But hopefully he's okay. Um, sounds like he is. So yeah, hopefully yeah. we'll see him out there. Um, but yeah, I think me, me and you are just kind of excited to see those those new skill position guys and and see see it. We'll see what we got. See what we got. And now it's time for a segment we like to call Oh so or Oh no. We're gonna play a little oh so or oh no. All right, so the way this works, I will present us with a statement. And if you agree with the statement, you will say oh so. And if you disagree, you will say oh no. I love this title. All right, all right, sweet. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, Baylor will win 10 games this season, oh so or oh no. Oh, so, oh, so. I mean, we, we have them in the college football playoffs, so definitely oh, so. Oh, so. I'm right there with you. Tay McWilliams scores Baylor's first touchdown of the season. Oh, no, for me. Uh, I'll go oh, so. I, I think he scores the first touchdown, um, but it could be a variety of different ways. So I, I love it. I love, I love it. You. All right. Uh, Baylor's starting offense will play in the second half. Oh, so or oh, no. Oh, so. Yeah. I think we got to drive in the second half. Oh, so for me as well. I think we'll, uh, yeah, we need to get. Uh, reps. Yes, reps coming out of halftime. Absolutely. Oh, so for me. Baylor forces three or more turnovers. Oh, so for me. They say, oh, no. Okay. Uh, but I think they force a lot of punts. <laughs> All right. Lots of punts. Not a lot of turnovers. I'm okay with that. Um, Apu Ika records a sack. Oh, so or oh, no. Oh, so. Oh, so for me as well. Excited to see him play on that on that defensive line again. Um, Albany rushes for over 75 yards. Oh, no for me. Yeah, I'm going to say oh, no, too. <laughs> I'm like, I'm worried that like in the fourth quarter, they're going to like run, rush for like 40 yards or something like that. that like, I'd be. Yes, yes. That's what I'm worried about. But I'm I'm going to go with oh, no. They're going to they're going to fall short of 75 rushing yards. And finally, Baylor wins by 40 plus points versus Albany. Oh, so or oh, no. Oh, no. I don't think they win by 40 plus points. What, five touchdowns is 35 points? Yeah. It's I don't a lot think they win by, by more than five touchdowns. So, oh no for me. Yeah. I, th- I think I'm with you. Oh no for me. Um, even though I think we're going to force more than three three or more turnovers, nah, it's hard to win by 40. So, what's our streak? We, uh, Baylor has some streak. Maybe you can look it up. Back to check me later, Travis. But it's like some uh, double digit streak where Baylor's forced a turnover in, in so many games in a row. I think Maybe. you're right. Might be like 15 to 17 range. So that sounds right. I think they definitely get one for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. Three's hard to get, but you know, hey, I think we're gonna do it. Um, well, hey, there we have it. Oh so or oh no with Andrew Miner and your host Travis Corley. 
And hey, we are very pumped about Saturday. Um, I'm hoping to be at the game. I haven't been to a game in like three years because of COVID and having a baby and all this fun stuff. So hopefully going to be at the game with my son. It's going to be a special moment for me. So um, Andrew, it was great to have you as always friend of the podcast. Um, Bears illustrated podcast. If you're not tuning into that as well, you need to two, four, seven sports and bears illustrated has you covered with two podcasts. So check them out. And Andrew, any final thoughts before we sign off? No, th- thank you so much, Travis, for having me on. Always a pleasure to, to talk uh, college football with you. And uh, really, really any time to be on, on your podcast is, is great. You do such a great job um, since, since you've taken over this podcast. So enjoy the game with your son on, on Saturday. That should be great. Thanks, man. I appreciate the kind words. And this is Andrew Miner and Travis Corley saying, Sikkim Bears. The Please Bear With Me podcast was created by Scotty Swingler, is hosted and produced by Travis Corley in affiliation with 247 Sports and Bears Illustrated.